All right, you ready? All right, week 18. Whoa, I came in hot. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was super excited. Everyone's very awake right now. <laughs> Hopefully you're at 6 a.m. ready for the podcast and I'm coming in hot. I think I'm excited today. I'm excited every day, but today, I don't know, it's been a good day. Uh, we've been working all day and cleaned out an attic at the church and the a storage room. And when you get to throw away just junk and crap, it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. You like I don't organizing. Know. I really do. I think there's a show on Netflix called, is it Home Edit? Yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh. I totally think if I was not working at a church, that's what I would do. Yeah, you're very good with like organizing and all that stuff. Today though, did you see it's my anniversary? For what? <laughs> the day I met... Uh, Mark, oh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. <laughs> I met Mark Wahlberg uh, in 2018. It's our anniversary today. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody what? said on Instagram, they're like, I really thought this was like an announcement. That, Wasn't like, you I were with w- you? No. Oh. I was babysitting in Shadow That's Valley. That's what it was. And I had stayed an hour later than I was supposed to. And she was like, my boss was like, hey, you can leave after you go get, like, can you go to the club real quick and get us food and then bring it back? So I just like hop on the golf cart. I jet inside. I'm like, I want to go home and I get the food. I'm walking out and I just hear a dude say, hey, how's it going? And I just ignored it and I kept walking. But then like something in the back of my mind was like, turn around. <laughs> I was like, I turn around and Mark Wahlberg is just standing by these ginormous black vehicles and he's in like golfing gear. And I'm just like walking backwards. But did he going, say how you do him because yeah. he wanted you to know that he was there? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have a conversation with the man. I like literally was walking backwards and I was like, oh, hey, like, oh, hey, it's you. Like we're best friends and I didn't see you there. And I was like, in the back of my mind, I was also like, no one's going to believe that I met Mark Wahlberg. So I was like, can I take a picture? And he was like, yeah. So I take a picture with him. Did and you do a selfie? Yeah, we did a selfie and everything. That is hilarious. Yeah. And then another kid was like, oh, good, I take a picture too. And so I didn't want to like bombard him. So I just ran back to the golf cart, went back to work. And the, my You should have boss- literally went over to the kid and been like, absolutely, I'll take a picture <laughs> with you. <laughs> That's what I would have done. He would have been like, I mean, I was like shaking. Like my adrenaline was like, I was like, never met. Have you ever? Fam- no, no. Never met a famous person before. Never took in a picture with one. Oh my gosh. Uh, the worship leader, Stephanie Gretzinger. Yeah. Yeah. She was in the airport and um, I was, oh no, that door is going <laughs> to slam. No, it didn't though. <laughs> Sorry. There was a weird echo. So I had to close the door. She was in the airport and Brian was like, you got to go up and say hi. And I was like, I just can't. She's nursing her child. And that's like <laughs> that a weird time. Weird. But to this day, I'm so frustrated that I never went up there. But I don't want to. I didn't I didn't know how to not be one of those people like I've watched you on YouTube. You're the one of the greatest worship leaders right. of all time. And I lead worship. And she'd be like, who cares? I mean, she wouldn't have because she seems really precious. But I don't know. I just I wish I would have, <laughs> but I didn't. Well, we didn't. Yep. I know. It's those moments that you wish. That's I don't know if I've ever seen anybody else famous. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I've been a lot of famous, like, preachers. Yeah. But every time I name them, no one knows who they are. So it's not very <laughs> cool anymore. Because it was like, oh, it, back in the day, it You're was like, like yeah. whoa, you knew, you've met Kenneth Copeland? Yeah, he was upstairs praying over mom when she was pregnant with one of my sisters. Like, yeah, yeah everybody's like, who's Kenneth Copeland? <laughs> Is he the guy that they interviewed on the show where he was screaming? Yeah, that was it. That like, was him. So now the it's dude not. dude with all the jet planes. <laughs> yeah, he's so like, now it's not. 
it's not as cool anymore. I'm like, sorry. Um, but I, I, you know, I mean, it was awesome at the time. And um, dad working with R.W. Shambach and people were like, who's that? But then old school people, like some people will come to the church that are older. And then they're like, what's your background? And I tell them, they're like, your dad was with R.W. Shambach. Yeah. And then if I share that with any of the millennials or anybody that they're goes like, here, who? they're like, who? I'm like, tent revivalist. Yeah. Tent revivalist guy. Yeah. I mm-hmm. wasn't a, I was an extra in a movie though in Bentonville. Oh, Do you remember that's that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What so, was that movie? The movie was called Freddy and it was, we watched it. Like yeah. me and my friend went to like the premiere of it. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was okay. It was whatever, but yeah, they filmed it in Bentonville How and funny. me and my friends were walking that's to right. eat and I just saw a boom mic and I just started running. And I was like, and they're like, if you want to be an extra, you can, you have to stay here for at least two hours, but you can be in it. And so they all made fun of me though, because like, we're supposed to react to this dude getting knocked over by bicycle. And everyone was like, cat, you acted like someone was getting shot. Cause I just shot out of my chair and I get roasted to it still to this day. And I wasn't in the movie. Nope. My two friends were in the movie, but I and was not. not you. Nope. Maybe because of your reaction. They were like, that girl is too extra. We got an <laughs> she, extra. She really wanted to be in this. I just want to, I would have been shocked if yeah. someone got hit by a bike. So I was just playing that character. Well, I you did great. Myself. You got any more horrible stories to tell before we okay, get started? I apologize. No. I know. <laughs> my Last gosh. week with my deer story. You nothing, triggered a lot of people. Nothing died, but we did have random cows in our backyard, apparently, that we have no Listen, idea. Random cows. We're talking 40 to 50 of them. I've got cow patties all over my I front saw in yard. my backyard, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a big. Yeah, huge. and now I have to make sure my dogs don't want to eat it because apparently (laughs) dogs eat crap and I don't know why. And then I see my dog rolling and I'm like, you're probably rolling in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I I just listen. I'm not a dog. Listen, I'm not a dog person because I don't understand it. Like a human would never run outside and go, oh, look, there's poo. Let me roll in this. Like that is something we think about. I like cats. I don't like dogs. Ooh, no. Mm, You don't like anything. (laughs) I love children and I'll clean up after children pooing and peeing and puking and puking. But when a dog does it, I'm like, you should not be alive. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just get frustrated. And we're sorry that you all decided to unsubscribe to our podcast. <laughs> it's been really great. Thank you for listening all this time. <laughs> you just learned something new every week that you didn't want to know, but it's there. So, Oh man. Oh we man. We should get started. <laughs> okay. We should. <laughs> So today we're talking, it's in the question. So I was talking to a friend yesterday and it sparked this because, you know, I'm always praying and saying, you know, God, what should we be talking about? You know, Kat will sometimes have an idea or sometimes look at me and say, I don't have a clue. This is your podcast. So I'm like, okay. And so um, uh, we were talking and we were talking about the importance of questions, the importance of people asking questions. And it was crazy. I happened to come across this a couple hours later and I'm going to read it to you. And this is what sparked the whole idea for the podcast. It says, in the Gospels, Jesus is asked 187 questions. He answers maybe eight of them. He himself asked 307. Maybe faith isn't about certainty, but learning to ask and sit in the complexity of good questions. And it's mind-blowing in and of itself. And no, I did not go and check if this is correct. So I'm, I'm doing, I'm basing you the whole podcast. Checked yes, up. you can check. totally what? fact. Back, back, check. Fact check us. us. Watch your mouth. Um, <laughs> but I, I do feel like it's really, really, really good because I think, you know, my husband preached this week and it was an amazing sermon and he talked about Noah. And it was so funny when he first told me he was talking about Noah. I was like, okay, because a lot of times because you've heard a story, you can be like, 
okay, <laughs> I know where this is going yeah. or I've seen this, but he did it from a whole different angle that I've never seen before. And a part of it, what he was talking about that, you know, when you go back and look, you can't really see how long the actual boat took to make, um, the ark, you know, and we know that somewhere in his 500th year of living where it's just like, you've already lived 500 years. I don't know. It's just mind blowing to me. And, uh, cause I've only lived 43 and I feel like it's been forever. And, um, and he's told, build this. And then we see in around his 600 years, what the Bible says, the flood came. But theologians and different people will speculate that, you know, the boat could have taken every, anywhere from 25 to 75 years to build, which would mean that there was a time and period it just sat there. Well, that was mind-blowing to me. Right. Because I'm like, if God tells me to do something, usually I have some kind of confirmation that comes at some point to make me feel like, oh, yay, that was God. Like, I don't walk around and just always know that when God's telling me something, it's God. I'm I'm like everybody else going, mm, was Hopefully. that the Lord? Yeah. You know what I mean? Hopefully that's what the Lord asked me to do or, you know, and so really sitting and thinking about that. And when I was talking to my friend the other day, we were talking about um, Ephesians 6, 13, where it says, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand. And I think sometimes that's part of the, the, the issue that we have is, a lot of times we, I know for me growing up as a Christian all my life, it was if something bad happened, I must have opened a door or this happened or this and this. And I always had to have an answer. I wasn't okay with sitting in a question. Yeah. I wasn't okay being in a question. Um, it's like I had to have an answer for it. But when you really look at the life of Jesus and you really look, even when he's asking Peter, do you love me? What he was trying to do was to get something from, he was trying to get Peter to have a revelation of something that he did not see till he started to answer Jesus's question. And I think it's powerful when we allow ourselves to sit in questions. And I think a lot of times as Christians, because I've heard people say, well, I shouldn't question God. Right. And I'm like, it's a different type of questioning. Like there's that irritating when you're questioning people. I do this to my husband all the time. He'll say something and I'm like, that's not what happened or that's not what it is. And he's like, why are you questioning me? Like, I know (laughs) what I'm saying. It's not that it's the questions where, um, I think Corey Asbury said it the best way when he was writing reckless love, he said, what God kept telling him was bring me your anger, bring me your questions, like bring it all to me. That is, that's a part of, um, it, it's a part of our, our Christian walk is to say, man, I have some questions. Can I bring these to you, God? Right. And a really good quote that I, um, I have from love your quotes, please read it. <laughs> I always will bring them. Um, this is from the cry of the soul, which is a very deep, but powerful book. I love it. It's definitely, are you going to link it? I'll link it. Thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure I've linked it before, but I'll link, no, we'll it, link again. it again. Yeah. Um, but it's so good about emotions and different stuff. But, um, one of the the quotes I love from here, it says, the irony of questioning God is that it honors him. It turns our hearts away from ungodly despair towards a passionate desire to comprehend him. I think if we look at it at that kind of perspective, we realize that we're just trying to understand God. And if, if, if me, if us and God have a relationship, there should be questions. You don't just have a friendship and it's just like, it is how it is. Like everyone just, it's totally fine with that, what everyone's doing. A real deep relationship yeah. has questions. It has, yep. hey, did you mean to say that? Did you mean to do that? 
let's have a conversation about that. Did you that. mean to look at me like that? Did you that? mean yeah. to look at me like that? All that kind of stuff. And if we have a relationship with God, there should be an open communication where we ask God questions and he answers back. Sometimes it's through scripture. Sometimes it is in that moment. Sometimes I'll ask God questions and it doesn't come until later on or it's revealed. Sometimes it's never answered because he's like, you just have to trust me. Yeah. And that's my favorite my favorite answer from him is like, you trust me. You just trust me in this timing thing. Like, right. This is pretty much all it is. I'm like, cool, cool. That's all I yeah. need to know. Which is an answer. We might not have the exact answer to the question, but still we're open with God to ask those questions and it doesn't offend him. It honors him. Yes. And I think that's where people find a place of, okay, God's will is perfect. So I'm not going to question him. And it's like, no, you bringing your questions gives the ability for him to have an answer. Yeah. And it might, but it might not be in the form that you want it. Exactly. That's what I love. That's what you have to be open to. (laughs) Yes. Like, okay. So for instance, let's go back to Genesis three verses eight. And, and we know this story. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And this is after they've eaten the fruit, okay? Adam and Eve. Yep. And the man and his wife, yes, sorry. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> you know, I got you. Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? Okay, listen. God pretty much has a built-in, like, find your friend app yeah. in his brain. He knew where they were. That's not, honestly, where are you was it was almost like an inward question. Yeah. Where are you now? Like the person that I knew, what is happening? What That's what was going on. This was a deeper meaning beyond just like, where is your location? Right. And I think that we have to get our example from the word of God, which the word of God shows us that God was always asking questions to get people um, to a place to almost see either in this instance where they really were or for people to get to see their purpose. Like for instance, in Exodus 4, 1 through 5, then Moses said, what if they don't believe me or listen to what I say? This is right after burning bush. You're going to go and set the, you know, all the Israelites free. Um, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Okay, so he's he's not even saying, no, you almighty one, don't worry about a thing. You know, don't worry about this. He, he's saying, what is in your hand? He goes, a staff. Then God says, throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. What he was showing him in the moment is what you need is already in your hand. Right. But he didn't say it that way. He he came with a question. Yeah. He came with this, what do you already possess? What do That's you good. already have? And I think a lot of times that when we're spending time with God, we are looking for these maybe revelatory moments of, oh, yeah. which you will have um, amazing ones. Right. I've had them. But a lot of times God will ask me a question. Right. What are you doing with what you already have? What 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 does this look like? And, and it comes How in are these, you stewarding what you already have. Yes. It comes with these questions. And I think for us, it's okay for us to at moments when we don't know what we're supposed to do or we feel stuck, we come with a question. And I feel like the reason why we don't ask questions is because we don't want to appear stupid. Like we feel like if we ask something, it's because we are ignorant or we are a moron and we don't want to feel that way. Right. And I remember we were listening to um, a John Maxwell leadership podcast and um, I believe the podcast was called The Value of Questions because that's very bolded in my my notebook. So I'm (laughs) guessing that's the title. Um, But in the quote, and I don't know if he quoted this or one of the people, I didn't put it there, but I put quotation marks. 
So somebody in there said this. Um, Would you rather look naive for a minute or be naive for a lifetime? And I love that because it's like we could literally live our whole lives not asking God the questions that we're wondering and and they're at our fingertips. Like we could have answers to things that we're wondering, but because we're afraid to look naive, we're afraid to look stupid. We're like, I'm not going to ask questions. But really, you stay naive if you don't ask questions, if you don't press into what you're wanting to know, what you're wanting to understand. Yeah. And God's like, I'm I'm right here. You could just ask away. Like, yeah, I'm available. One of the most powerful questions I think that were asked in the Bible is when Jesus said, can this cup pass from me? And you actually don't even see a response from God, but you see that something happened internally to Jesus because from that moment, you see him stand. I mean, when you're reading in scripture, because that's all I can go off of. Okay. So this is my interpretation that he's saying this. And then all of a sudden it, whatever happened to him. And I believe it was something supernatural. I believe that God showed him and poured in strength, showed him, man, you can do this. And it was like, not my will, but your will be done. But it came after he actually asked a question, can this? And I feel like the most powerful thing we can do is almost come with, you know, when, when we're dealing with something, when we're processing, when we're struggling, can I get past this, God? Right. Can I um, ever feel over this addiction? Can I ever feel uh, like I'm worth something? God, can I ever, you know, you know, be um, at a place where I don't feel this insecurity? That's one of the questions I brought from God. And it's almost like we're not getting this man, this, this heaven opens and, you know, God says something to me. It's like something internally begins to shift because God is responding to me in a supernatural way due to the fact that I'm willing to humble myself to come with a question. Yeah. And when I see that modeled by Jesus himself, who was perfect in all ways, that, that tells me, okay, he's modeling something for me to do. He's modeling something for me to realize this doesn't make me less saved or less spiritual. This actually, I mean, this is one of the most iconic moments in the Christian Bible history is Jesus getting ready to go to the cross. And what does he model for us? Ask God a question. If you are are at a place where you don't feel safe or you don't feel, uh, man, you are freaking out. We know he was. I mean, it says he was, you know, bleeding, sweating blood. So I don't, I mean, I've read so many different things. What could that be? I don't know. But to me, it seems like he had a lot of fear and anxiety happening in that moment. Okay. There was just something happening internally. And when he asked God the question, what I look at is I want to look like Jesus and I want to be like Jesus. And I look at this one of the most powerful things, our whole salvation is based on all of these moments with Jesus dying on the cross and before, and we look at this, and it's led by him coming and ask a, asking a question. It's also led by him leaving the garden and going to ask the disciples, can you not even tarry for a moment? Here's another question. What is he? What he was really saying to them, I feel like with this question was, if you can't even do this, I don't know if you're going to be able to withstand what's getting ready to happen. Like this, in a sense, should be easy. And I feel like he was provoking them in a good way uh, with that question. Can you not even tarry now? Like this is this is the easiest it's going to be because as soon as we leave this garden, <laughs> everything's going to the fan. Like yeah. this is going to get serious. And I think 
for us, I love that you said that because I do think it's because we don't want to appear a certain way, even though in the back of our minds, we know God knows everything. <laughs> so he I knows mean, how dumb we are. Yes. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. No, I was going to say that. And I'm trying not to say a hundred percent. I was going to say 100%. that. One hundred percent. Or this is vitally important. Um, I need a shirt that says both of those things. But I, I think, you know, I think you're so right that it's, even with going in front of God, we do that. And, you know, being a pastor of a church, I do see so many people try to appear more spiritual than they are. Yeah. Like, fake until you make it. Yeah. And honestly, it is the biggest turnoff for me. Like, I am so much more apt to give somebody an opportunity that hasn't tried to tell me who they are, what they can do and all. Like, I, I would take in a blatant sinner sometimes over some of the over spiritual people that come in because it's like, it's constantly trying to prove something. And I believe, you know, there's a lot of pride involved Um, because as a pastor, you do, you hear a lot of things and, you know, people randomly come up to you and say, you know, oh, I'm supposed to be preaching on the stage. Are you really? God hasn't told me that yet. You know, (laughs) and it's like, wow, like, you know, start, can, can you clean the bathroom? And and then it's like, we've had people come that man have, have been in ministry and maybe we're even elders in another church or something. And they're like, man, we'll clean bathrooms. And when you see hearts like that, you're like, wow, what humility. And to me, being able to ask questions comes from a humble heart. You know, yeah. we listen to a lot of leadership podcasts and, and a lot of it is, man, you're always growing. Yeah. You're always asking questions. You're always seeing, man, is there something maybe that I don't know that I, you know, that I could know if I asked more questions, you know, and I think that's why kids are so smart. Like I was thinking about this today, you know, my six-year-old, that's all she does is she asks so many questions, but some of her questions are so profound. Like, um, several months ago, you know, we, we read a type of a Bible story every single night before bed. And, you know, I was reading about when, I guess it was like when Jesus comes back and all this kind of stuff. And she said, we're going to come back to earth. And I said, well, he's going to redo it. It's going to be awesome. And she goes, you going to put that tree back down here? (laughs) I said, what? She said, the tree the tree that caused all the problems. And I realized she's talking about the tree that Adam and Eve ate from. Like her mind, I was like, I have never (laughs) thought of that. She was like, she's going to make a mistake again. And and she was, I was like, no, as far as I know, that tree is not coming back. She goes, well, good. And it's like, but in her mind, it was, if we're doing this again, Mm -hmm. are we going to do the same thing where we have to choose, you know? And, and she's constantly asking questions, you know? And, and, and we'll say things, what's the third heaven? I'm like, let me study. I'm, I'm, I can't even answer that right now, you know? And I love it. And I feel like, you know, when the Bible constantly is saying, be like a little child, you know, come before, it's almost like, man, ask me everything you want to ask. I'm an open book. Yeah. Literally, I've given you a book and I'm an open book because it says that Jesus became the flesh that, that, that he, and he dwelt among us is what he's saying. Like you have this word, but here I am the word in itself and I'm dwelling among you. And now we have Holy spirit who we're totally connected with that. We can ask all these things. And the Bible says, seek and you'll find ask, yeah. ask, yeah. but do we, yeah. I think we only ask when we're desperate yeah. and we're irritated like, God, why isn't this happening for me? I mean, I, oh, you know, <laughs> that, that is totally me. I mean, I remember the years of not being, God, I don't understand. I, I gave my life to you and I serve you. This shouldn't be happening to me. Well, why would it happen to me? Like, what made me better 
uh, than other people that deal with infertility. And it was just like, okay, where I'm going to maybe stand apart from other people is my love and trust from God will not shift. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to constantly be pressing in and saying, you have a plan. You did not give me a desire to be a mother for this to be a mockery and it never happened. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, that these desires are for real. And I had to do the same thing when, you know, every one of my friends are married at 21 and then I didn't get married till 29. So, I mean, that's eight years of going, well, the anger didn't settle in for me until Tina got married. And when your little sister gets married before you, it's a different conversation with God. The like, one that you thought would never get married. Tina was yes, just like not didn't care. She didn't care for the longest yeah. time. And we were just like, and you have always loved love. Oh, yeah. And like even from like a young age, I was writing oh. like poetry. It yes. makes no sense. I read it like a while back and I was like, what am I even trying to say? I will never show what anyone is this <laughs> because it's awful. I'm like, you got to let our listeners hear one of them. No, Come on. No. <laughs> Let's just say it was titled Feather, and it didn't make any sense. I was like, I can't even explain it. It's so bad. It's so cringy. Yeah. But, like, that was where my anger was. I remember just, like, yelling at God one day, and being like, why? Like, my other sisters were so independent. Yeah. They were so, like, okay with being yeah. single for a really long time. And so it was just me asking questions, getting out all my frustration. Yeah. And, like, from that, I felt peace. And I felt like I got off my chest. I wasn't yeah. holding something against God. I yeah. wasn't— um, I didn't have this anger towards him anymore, even though I let that anger out, yeah. which is funny because it's like, we think anger is a bad thing, but it's like, no. we, it's an emotion that we have. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. So it's actually, be angry. Yeah. Just sin not. Right. So like Jesus upset yes. some tables. Yes. Like he yeah. was angry. Like <laughs> yeah. he, he modeled that yes. for us of like, exactly. this is, I it's am just not saying, okay with this. In your anger, you cannot sin. Right. And, and we know when it, it has, we know when our anger has turned into resentment, to bitterness, bitterness and different yeah. things like that. That's where it's different. And, and again, it's a lot, it's all in the questions. It's in the questions that I bring to the Lord and it's knowing he's not going to bring maybe the answer in the form that I want or in the way that I want. And sometimes God doesn't even answer me. Sometimes there's moments that it's almost like I answer my, my answer was already there. It was right. like, it was like yes. what he said, what do you have in your hand? It's like, God was saying, you're praying about something and you're asking something, but you actually have the answer, yeah. but it's him highlighting that moment. It's allowing, I think it's a revelation of the Holy spirit yeah. to sit, but you don't have those moments until you ask. And I think you have to ask like, God, why do I still feel this way? When somebody tries to love me, God, why do I still, um, have a hard time when people want to tell me that they see something good in me? You know, we run, you know, we have staff and, and there are some staff people. It's like, when you want to compliment them, they almost have a hard time taking it. And I'm like, you got to take that to God because I'm going to compliment you, you know, or why is it hard for me to receive this? Or why, why is it hard for me? And I mean, don't ask people, ask God, the man that knows you from the inside out can give you all the answers and reveal some things to you. And I think that's why we that's why we got to be okay with it. Cause I love in second Kings 19. I love, <laughs> I love Elijah because he, I love him because I feel like he's such a real person because it, so he goes from this. Cause I feel like, I don't know if I feel like, I don't mean like I'm Elijah. I don't know what I mean. I mean like in my, 
in reading in the Bible, there's certain characters that you connect with. And it's like, he has these like epic moments of God using him in such a like outstanding way. And then the next moment he's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like I'll like lead worship and it's like, yes. And then, and then like something will happen and I'll be like, I shouldn't lead anymore. Like I should be done singing. Like I can have these like monumental go from zero to a hundred, which is ridiculous. And Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Cause we know Jezebel's like, I'm coming for you. So a woman said he's coming for, for him after he had called down fire from heaven, um, burned up a whole art, altar, burned up hundreds of Baal worshipers. Like, I mean, making fun of them, like maybe your God's taking a dump of why he's not answering yeah. you. Like, I mean, sarcasm, just awesome. Like the Will Ferrell of the Bible, yep. you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you go to this story where, you know, uh, Jezebel is saying this and she, and, and he's, and it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Then he went into a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> and I love it because I love God. It wasn't like God came and said, hey, you know, strap on your boots, big boy. Like, <laughs> let's go after it. It was almost like he was wanting him to sit in the question of what are you doing here? Yeah. What has happened that brought you from a place of victory to a place of defeat so quickly? What are you doing here? And I feel like allow God to ask you sometimes, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, what, what are you, what are you sitting in that you don't have to sit in, but also what maybe you do need to stay in, in order to continue to stand. I think there are sometimes we're, we are looking for massive victories and moments and, and yes, but there are sometimes I go back to that story of Noah and how long did he maybe just keep looking at that boat and have to question, did I really, I mean, did God tell me? I mean, if I'm looking at something for 10, 15 years and not seeing any... It really hit me when Brian was like, it's like having a carnival cruise ship in your backyard. I was like, right. wow, that's, that's strange. And everybody keeps coming by and going, hey, how's and the like, boat? No how's one's the boat heard going? of like rain, rain either. Like that wasn't a so thing. So he's saying something's coming that no one's aware <laughs> of. He built something that no one has seen before. And it's yeah. like, but trust me, it's going to be needed. <laughs> It's going to be great. And he had to trust in God. And I think we read these stories and we want these, we, we want to, I want to be a Noah. I want to be this. And it's like, yeah, but you might have to sit in some stuff for a while that doesn't make sense. You might begin to question your sanity and you might begin to question God and you know what? Bring it to him. Because sometimes our question doesn't have an exit strategy. Sometimes no. we no. have to stay in it. Yes. And, and I think not... that's why when Ephesians 6, 13 says, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand. It's not profound. Like no one puts that on the wall in their living room. I don't think anybody's like, that's my phrase. I love it. When I've done everything to stand, stand. But sometimes that's life. When I don't have the answers and I've done everything that I know to do, I'm going to stand. When I've been believing for a healing and something hasn't shifted yet, I'm going to do what I know to do. I'm going to keep standing. Yeah. When I haven't gotten what I've been praying for, but I know I'm doing everything I should, I'm going to stand. Or like our favorite song, when my knees are getting shaky oh. and the of all is waiting, I'm still standing. Yes. Which is written by Jason, Jason Roden. <laughs> oh, Yes. It's one of my favorite songs. It's one of my favorite lines Because it hits me, hits me every yes. time. Like, and so hey, standing. just so you guys know, podcast listeners, that's going to be available on Spotify and iTunes soon. soon. And so we're so excited to yes. share that. We're going to have, um, I'm, I'm a worship leader. I know some of you know that. And so we're putting out original music on Spotify and iTunes Which soon. Which one of the songs is I'm Still is Standing. I'm Still Standing. Yeah. And it comes off of that. And it's like, it 
Oh my Didn't gosh. Didn't Jason write that for you and your he, friends? Right well, now? he wrote it based on kind of watching what we went through and then watching another set of his friends standing and believing for stuff. And it was kind of birthed from that, which makes it even more powerful. Yeah. And I remember, and I still cry every time I hear it because yeah. there's just something about it. But I really do think, I know those aren't the kind of phrases that we put up places, but I feel like they should be. Yeah. And I think we need to start getting comfortable with bringing our questions to God. I think I said the lyric wrong. What do you mean? <laughs> Isn't it the weight of all this waiting? Yeah. Okay. I think I said the midst of all this waiting. No, the weight of all this waiting. I just yes. knew I was going to sit in bed tonight and just stare and at the ceiling. No, and no, like, you I corrected it. it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so just have it known. Yeah, but I they're still right. going to be able to go and listen to it. And then yeah. they would have been like, that girl, she doesn't even she know. She doesn't lyric. know anything. <laughs> <laughs> she videoed the whole thing and doesn't know. No. But I would just encourage you with that, man. I mean, even this week, maybe if you've never come to God with questions because you you believed like you can't question the Lord God Almighty. You can't bring anything. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus did. He modeled this. Yeah. Bring your questions, bring your concerns, bring your anger. I mean, again, bring it all to the Lord because I think our answers are in all the questions. So, okay. all right. Well, don't forget your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. 